This episode of Analytics Today podcast is brought to you by Magic Mind. Introducing Magic Mind Focus Energy Drink, your daily cognitive boost in a bottle. Packed with natural ingredients like adaptogens, nootropics, and superfoods, it's the ultimate brain fuel. Say goodbye to brain fog and hello to enhanced mental clarity. Increase productivity and sustain energy throughout the day. Elevate your mind with Magic Mind and conquer your goals effortlessly. Grab your metal edge today at magicmind.com store and unlock your full potential. Thank you for joining joining Analytics Today, a podcast series that focuses on Big data and analytics and latest trends in the digital world. I'm your co-host, Jeremy Roberts, and with me always is Samir Khan. Hey, Samir, how you doing? Hey, Jeremy. How's it going? It's been a while since we were it's... on the podcast together. Yeah, I think we kind of took a little quick, uh, like a break, a hiatus. Sabbatical. <laughs> a sabbatical, yeah, like an eight-month sabbatical or something like that just to kind of refresh and stuff. But I think what's interesting about this is as we start to move forward, um, we are going to be transitioning to new channels. We are sadly coming to age and all of our stuff is going to be video now. So we're going to have video and audio. So you can listen to us, but you can also start now watching us on YouTube, which is going to be fantastic. So you get to see what we look like and how we react and how our personalities match everything. So to, that's to, fantastic. Oh yeah. It's going to be great. I mean, Here's the cool thing. You know, you and I earlier were talking about like, what kind of topic should we start with, right? Like, what is the most interesting thing out there? Like, just throw it out. What is the one thing? It's I'll give you a clue. It's a two-letter word, right? Starts with an A. But like, what is everybody talking about these days, right? AI. (laughs) AI, right? So because of that, it's like, I, I think it would be interesting rather than us using this time today to just only talk about how AI is changing the world, it's changing academia, it's changing, you know, the way students write and now professors and, and teachers have to make sure that their students actually wrote it or not. We're actually going to talk about the genesis of it. And we're going to talk about um, what's going to be really cool is we're going to talk about the evolution of single channel analytics to how it really the genesis of AI, like how AI came to be from single channel analytics. And the cool part is Samir and I are both going to be able to input every step and progression of our career into every single one of these and show how um, when one thing got to be good, a need generated the next thing. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, no, I like that? that. I really like that. Uh, I think that's a great idea to talk about the evolution of where we are and how it all happened. A lot of people, especially the younger generation, they probably don't know, you know, they are very much attuned to the latest tools and trends Mm -hmm. and technology that's coming their way. Uh, It will be great for everyone to kind of connect dots with the history. And additionally, um, you know, while we were taking sabbatical, uh, you know, you and I, I don't want to reveal too much, but you and I were looking into uh, many different avenues on starting a new YouTube channel, which is going yes. to be announced on this podcast very soon that we are working behind the scenes. Uh, so it's not like that we're sleeping over the last few months. We were spending time on coming up with many different ideas. And we're really, really excited about this channel 
because we are going to kind of introduce something very brand new that's not in the market. I don't want to give more details, but as Jeremy pointed out, we're going to share in the subsequent podcast and you guys will be able to have uh, access and share the link so you can share and start getting us that initial buzz that we need to to bump our channel. So we're really excited about that. But in this podcast, uh, let's get started, Jeremy. Where do you sure. want to start? What's the, what's okay. the beginning, how it all started? So let, let's talk about the early 2000s, right? Let's talk about the the evolution of really single channel marketing turned into AI. And single channel marketing really was, um, let, let's not talk about traditional, right? Everybody knows what traditional marketing is, traditional channels. Once digital channels really started to come to fruition, right? Digital marketing channels came around in the early 2000s. This is kind of like when you and I met in the mid to late 2000s. And we were looking at, you know what? We made the joke, you know, uh, you go to a marketer's desk and how can you recognize it's their desk? Because they had multiple screens at their desk because they had to look up each channel individually on every single screen, right? And then they had to compare them because there was no way to put them together, right? You had to sit there and say, oh, let me download the data from one channel and download the data from another channel. Let me throw it all mm -hmm, into an mm -hmm. Excel spreadsheet and then let me layer that spreadsheet into a trend graph. And then let me start it to do my own Excel analytics and figure out what happened. It was terrible, right? So I, <laughs> I mean- Yeah, so I remember that. I think it was the days of, I would say when, when we say single channel, um, either you can go on Google and maybe very, very early days of ads on Google, or you can just send an email, right? I mean, those yeah. are the two channels from a digital standpoint that I could remember. So you can only go in one channel at a time. And most company would choose just to blast out, manually start sending emails to people they know, not even blast. Like, I don't know if CCC or BCC was there at that time. Well, that, that's even, it, 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 it's the genesis of a word that I really cannot stand is the word blast. Like when people say, we did an <laughs> email blast. Because like, a, what's an email blast? It means that there's no strategy. There's no, um, there's no target audience. There, there's no really nurture process. There's nothing. We're just going to blast the crap out of it and see what sticks. And hopefully something comes back. Right. Right. It, there's no skill behind it. So, okay. So no Samir, behind it. let's talk about this. The first transition, right? The first evolution was single channel to omni-channel. So give us an idea. What, what is omni-channel? Because remember we talked about, remember you and I used to go to the uh, digital summit conferences or the MarTech conferences, right? And everybody was talking about, we're doing omni-channel. What was omni-channel? Yeah. Omni-channel is when you start to leverage multiple channel at the same time. It's funny, like when I go to each YouTube to these days and people get really excited about Omnichannel and it's not new, right? You and I know that it's been there for almost 18 years or more after the single evolution of single channel when companies started using multiple channels. So if I'm using yeah. email, I'm using Google AdWords, I'm also using maybe early days when iPhone was invented, a little bit of social media yeah. uh, in 2008, right? So that's where I start to see companies starting to use at least if not two maybe two to three avenues to start promoting their business on uh, digital and and well, they started and to string them together talking about digital here yeah. we're not talking about 
any of the traditional marketing channels. This is all digital conversation, as you know, our podcast is analytics today. So that's to me is what yeah. Omnichannel is. So he, he, here's an example. Omnichannel, the first genesis of Omnichannel was remember the old school Adobe analytics. What was the name of the, of the analytics version? Omniture. 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 Right? Yeah. So remember in Adobe or Omniture way back in the day, you would have your URL string. And then after the parameter, you would have question mark equals, and then you'd have the campaign code with the tracking code at the end of it. Remember that? Mm -hmm. So when we yeah. create those tracking codes, that was the first real omni-channel, right? Because what we tried to do was to figure out how do you string it all together? We wanted like start to finish. So we would put send out emails and code these URLs on the back end with this long URL string with this tracking code after the question mark equals. And then from that, that email would, or that, that string of code would then persist into the website. And we'd hopefully see that person being tracking and we'd start to do omni-channel. I think that was like the first things that we ever did with omni-channel was combine website with email. I think that that probably was the first one that we did. That was whoa, that's one dude, of the first was... interactions. Yeah, I, I remember like, that very well. Yeah, and then you started to come up with this concept called click to close, and you tried to come up with this thing of like duct taping everything together to figure out how do you click to all the way to close. And you know what that came up with? Something that we probably don't have on our list yet, but we need to add to it is attribution. This is where the genesis. So it went from single channel to omni channel, and from omni channel it then went to attribution, right? Yeah. So then attribution is what? Like, I guess explain, how do you define attribution like we would in like an analytics? Yeah, bless you. So attribution is when you are uh, able to understand how you generated the sales and when you have multiple channels involved. So as we're talking about omni-channels and you have one channel, two channel, and three channels, and they're all interacting in tandem to produce a sale. And it's going to be as a marketer and as a salesperson, you want to know what is the original contributor to the sale? What is the last contributor to the sale? And what are the different channels that the customers interacted in between? So simple example is, let's say if I'm running an ad for Blue Widget on Google, and somebody mm -hmm. clicked that ad. They came to the Blue Widget landing page. They're not going to purchase it. Uh, they like it. They read the content and they leave. So here, the first channel becomes the paid search ad. Next time, uh, they're going to see a retargeting ad because they were on the landing page. Now, there is a cookie drop in their website. Again, depending on if you're using iOS or not, what have mm -hmm. you, you're going to have ads that will follow up everywhere on the internet and then you'll click that app. So then the retargeting ad becomes a second channel. This time you land on the landing page and you just sign up for a free trial offer. Mm -hmm. And so you sign up for the free trial offer. Um, and then the third time you get an email. So now when you finally get an email, now you become a paid customer for yep. that blue widget, right? So the, in this case, we have your paid search, you have your retargeting ads and then your email. So first click, middle click, last click. And in order for me to identify what made the effective sale, was it the paid search, was it the email, uh, you'll have to do some due diligence. So that's what the attribution is. It allows yeah. you to understand the journey. And then you have weighted averages. You can either do linear where everything has the same weight. You could do a U-shape 
where the stuff at the beginning and the end has the weight, you could do a J to where um, the beginning has a little bit of like a 20% of the weight. The end has an 80% of the weight. You can do a reverse J. You can do all these different types of attributions. So, okay. So we're going down this list. We start off with single channel. We know what that is. That moved to omni-channel where they put channels together. Then they went to something called attribution where they try to stitch all the omni-channels together to try to figure out what is causing what and which one should we get credit for, right? So single channel, omni-channel, yeah. and then attribution. After that, it was automation. The fourth step, the fourth stage was automation. Everything started to be automated. And the best and greatest example of, of automation and marketing was what? Marketo. Marketo is like a powerful automation tool with lead scoring to where, and, and, and I'll talk about this now and it'll reveal itself why at the end. But remember with Marketo, you'd had to pre-create the emails. You had to pre-create the responses. You basically had to identify everywhere somebody could go how they would engage and then you'd have to purposely um in advance create content assuming that you knew what somebody was going to do and how they would respond remember like you would create six emails in response and like the first three or four you assume like uh i don't know a 40 percent response rate and then it would slowly mm -hmm. dwindle from 40 to 20 into five percent and stuff like that so i mean that, that's yeah my so they, on the automation when you say the response rate, you're meaning by either click rates or open rates, right? So correct. in this case, we're talking about open rates, correct? Yep, exactly. So it went from yeah. single channel to omni-channel to attribution. And then automation was basically a tool that detected what people were doing. And you pre-populated it with things that you guessed on how you should respond based on those things. And remember, people, this is not personalization yet. This is purely guessing. This is... I guess guesstimations or <laughs> we yeah. call this like a educated guesses. That's a nice on, word, guesstimation. Yeah, guesstimation. We like educated guesses or guesstimations on what we thought people were going to do. And we had to create all these responses in advance. So you had to be pretty psychic to do all this. Okay. So here we go. Single channel. So we got from single channel, omni channel. Omni channel attribution. Right? Okay. And then uh, attribution to automation and then after automation we got into what and i know you love this one this is when you and i both worked at ibm watson right the watson was the first real machine learning and ai so it went from single channel omni channel attribution to automation and then the next to machine one is learning and ai so okay right so there's a big difference and we have mm -hmm. to explain to our audience I'll explain what the machine learning is. You can explain what the AI is, right? Okay, cool. So I'll start here. Yeah. Machine learning, basically think of it as just like, it's not predictive. It's basically saying you are using the tools that you think are best. Um, that you think, okay, let me give her a better example. You're collecting a whole bunch of data. And from that data, the machine learning will only use the data that you've inputted or uploaded to it. And that data will then be able to turn around and give you that answer. So it's only based on what you put in there and that's it. Right. So for me, machine learning is purely based on, you know, what we're going to do is um, we're going to upload all this data and the, in the system 
this machine learning system is only allowed to read the data that it gets. It can't look outside of it. It can't go search the internet. It only looks at what you input. So it's input output. If you input bad data, it outputs bad data. And that's what machine learning is. It just looks at groups of data or a bunch of data and starts grouping it together and says, well, I found based on all these things, here's what I came up with based on these mm -hmm. groups, right? You can put 10 million lines of code and from those 10 million lines of code, it's found similarities in all these different groups and it put this together and that's what machine learning is. Yeah, I and I think like the most important thing is, you're absolutely right. And the most important thing here is to recognize that in this case, when people hear the word AI, they start immediately thinking about the gen AI today uh, and all the important evolution that's happening mm -hmm. in this, today's world. We're not there yet. This is Jeremy's no. talking about the very early days of when companies were getting familiarized with Python, with a code-based machine learning technology. It was not a mass tool. You no. had to hire a specialized skill set like data scientists and statisticians who can deal with large volumes of data and run through uh, R programming or Python or what have you to, in order to produce the results. You have a test model and a train model and that will give you the output that you can leverage uh, and, and do some more advanced analytics uh, on top of your attribution and so on and so forth. Um, so that's what we're talking about here uh, in the sense of AI. Like AI is not a new word. It's a very old uh, technology. Yeah. And you know, I think AI, artificial intelligence have been coined like maybe decades ago. Yeah. Now it's become a hot topic because everybody has access to um, generative AI programs and so on and so forth. So our, what we're talking about the progression here. So this is where the stage where we as a company and we as individuals, we started using our programming and Python and started doing machine learning and started hiring data scientists and statisticians to do more advanced uh, type of analytics on our data sets within the organization. Completely agree. Love that. Okay. So, and that's where like a, the example I gave for machine learning and AI with IBM's Watson, that's where IBM bought the weather channel and IBM would use Watson, which was an AI and machine learning tool to be able to predict weather patterns. And that way they would work with pharmaceutical companies to be able to say, Hey, um, this is when the fall season is going to start. This is when cold season is going to start and it's going to happen on around this time. And this is predicting how many people will get the flu. So they know how many mm -hmm. vaccines to create and so on. Okay. So back to our list, single channel, omni-channel, attribution, automation, machine learning, AI. And the next one is personalization, right? People then started to realize, man, we have all this great data. Why don't we start to personalize the experience? And it, I remember yeah. we, we, this is when we started going to a lot of the, the digital summit and the MarTech conferences and everybody was talking about, you know, you know, AI plus personalization. It really wasn't what mm -hmm. it is today. Personalization was like, man, you're doing more than just saying, hey, Samir on an email, right? Or maybe right. you were exactly, you, you know, you're like, you're maybe your saying, experience that your landing page are starting yeah. to get personalized based or on you your put 50% of your traffic. Behavior. Yeah. Like 50% yeah. of your traffic had one hero image and the other 50% had another hero image. You're like, man, that was personalization. Testing and all of that. <laughs> yeah. So for me, 
the thing is personalization was good, but it's not what you see today. They, we started to understand that, you know what, it's not, it's like people don't buy products, they buy experiences, right? And so with that, that's when people came into personalization. And what is the only way, and this gets in the next thing, right? What is the only way to truly do personalization? The only way to truly do personalization is to have enough data. And you can't have data from a single channel, a single tool, or a single source. You had to figure out a way to start connecting all of your stuff together, right? All of your mm-hmm. tools together. And this is where, you know, Scott Brinker and his magical 8,000 or 9,000 or it's going to be 20,000 tools <laughs> eventually, right? Um, with a, You know, that's when, you know, this next concept came to be. And the next one is called open garden. So when you talk about open garden, there's the the opposite side of that is a closed garden. A closed garden is basically the idea is you have a family of tools, right? Let's say all Salesforce, all Adobe, all Microsoft, right? All whatever, right? Um, those companies then only sell tools that are part of that family because they use the same code, the same profile engine, right? The same analytic software and it's able to be read the same way. But the thing is mm-hmm. when you put Microsoft and you put Adobe and Salesforce way back in the day and they didn't talk to each other, they were enemies. And so with that, you had these closed garden environments. So think about it like this, companies used to build multiple closed gardens and they would then have to extract data, right? Mm-hmm. extract data from that open garden environment and throw them into like a data like system, a data lake, a dump. And then they would have to take uh, a closed garden environment from another place, extract all that data, throw it into like a data dump, and then figure out how to query all of that data together and to find the similarities. So what they started to do was say, rather than having all these closed environments, let's take out the little wooden stakes that, that wall offer that are walled off in our gardens and let's call them open and garden environments. And one of the things is the DMP. The DMP or the data management platform, right? That was like the secret sauce that really started because like, for example, Adobe, the one that I'm really familiar with is called Audience Manager, right? And Audience Manager was the tool to be able to say, let's start to do profiles. Let's start to build profiles, but we have to go and say, we don't have as much information because there's, let's say the same person came to a website, Samir Khan, S Khan, right? Samir K could be Sam K could be all the same person, but with completely different names. They logged in with different email addresses, but they're the same person. So how do we get mm-hmm. all those people to be the same person? And that's where the DMP comes in and says, you know what? Holy crap. It's all the same person. So we got to make sure our tools talk to each other. And that's where API started to blow up because now you could have APIs to where Adobe then talks to Microsoft, who then talks to Salesforce, right? And all the tools start talking to each other. Starting to talk to each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. So we'll go back to listen yeah. and then I'll have Samir talk about really the power of having all these tools talk to each other. So the first one is single channel created omni-channel. Omni-channel created attribution. Attribution created automation. Automation created machine learning and AI. Machine learning and AI created personalization. 
personalization created open garden environments, right? So now we're going to fast forward a whole bunch. We're going to fast forward to like 2016. Now we're in 2016, 2017, Samir, right? We went from like the early 2000s, like 2016, 2017. What happened with these open garden environments? Like, give me an example of like, let's say when you're in one of the companies that you're working for and you have these little families of tools, how did you get them to talk to each other? You know, how did you get them to say, I want these Adobe family tools to talk to the Microsoft family tools to talk to the Salesforce family tools. How did you do that? Right. Yeah, I would say I, I really like uh, the analogy that you gave when you talk about the open garden going from closed gardens and having the data owned only within your existing company environment to opening up to other platforms. And the first phase, you very rightly articulated, the first phase of this happening was through the DMP, uh, which is the audience building platform, mm -hmm. uh, which eventually led to uh, the next evolution in the phase, which is the CDP, right? So the customer developed customer data platform. Uh, yeah. And that's where you get to answer your question, like the technology is starting to talk together, not only from an audience perspective, but also all data, all customer data yeah. is going to go into this because massive platform. Remember uh, what everybody used to do is they say, oh, where's all your data? We're storing in a data lake because they had all these different gardens and they extracted from right. the gardens and threw it in this data lake. And you'd have these data analysts who then remember that was in the spike of all these data analyst jobs. Right. And all these yeah, dudes. Because who now you have so much data in the data lake. How are you going to yeah. build the right views and tables and, you know, Tableau connection and what all the good stuff. And that's and where, that's where and the rise BI. of the PDP yeah. came in. Right. Yeah. And the Tableau whole jump in PDP. Yeah, exactly. And then the CDP came in and it said, okay, Tableau dashboards and Power BI are great, but how do we make this data actionable so marketers can use it to decide their next best action, right? So what are they going to do with it? Either they're going to trigger a Facebook ad or either they're going to trigger a Marketo email or they're going to send a WhatsApp communication. Yes. Anything that they can do. They're not able to do that until... Uh, the CDP came in and it made uh, people to start collecting the data. In addition to the data lake, the marketers were now empowered by their own quote unquote uh, yes. data manipulating and data analyzing repository where all the predictive analytics allowed you to stitch the journey of the customer and help establish yeah. the, uh, the next action that these marketers or these salespeople are going to take. So what it is, is they had this data lake and this CDP of all these different things. And they said, we have to activate on this. So what they did is they looked in the past and they said, what did we do in the past? We had this automation. We had this machine learning and personalization. So what they did is they took the old school stuff of what they want to do. Because think of this, a data lake in a CDP is the data version of Omnichannel. Omnichannel is just the collection of a bunch of channels. A data lake mm -hmm. or a CDP is a collection of a whole bunch of data from different channels. And what do they do after Omnichannel? You put automation, AI, and personalization on top of it. What happened in the last few years? They took a CDP and they put real-time personalization on it. And that's the next topic, right? Single channel, Omnichannel, attribution, automation, machine learning and AI, personalization, open guard environments, CDP, and the next one is real-time personalization. They said, we have all this stuff. 
We have all this amazing data. Our tools finally talk to each other. We killed off the closed gardens. We have these opening gardens. We have this huge data dump of stuff. We're going to put applications on a layer that sits on top of all of our data. And we're going to start activating on it real time so that customers don't wait. So that websites change, calls to action change, message change, colors change, everything changes. But here's the problem, Samir. This looks back. Remember we talked about automation? And remember I talked about it's going to connect to the end. Mm-hmm. Remember in automation with Marketo, we had to predict what message to put. And we had to predict what email to put, trying to figure out what's going to happen. Well, here's the problem. Right. Real-time personalization's biggest problem is that it is limited on how smart and predictive that marketing team is to predict what info to put in there to make it react in real time. Because you can't, you can't have it react in real time if you don't feed it something. You have to feed the machine, right? You got to feed it ideas, images, text, content to share in real time, right? When you have a real-time personalization. And that's where AI came in. So we finally come full circle. AI came in because marketers and businesses could not figure out and they could not keep up real-time with the needs of real-time personalization. And because of that, they came up with AI to automatically create content to keep up with the demands of real-time personalization. Boom, mic drop. I mean- Yeah, and I think one of the backstory, which is very, very fascinating to me from an AI perspective, like a few years ago before the launch of uh, the Gen AI and all of the open AI and, uh, that's available today and accessible to everyone on their multiple devices, we as marketers and salespeople and data personnel and technology personnel, we used to think that one of the biggest shifts that's going to happen in the world will be uh, from an AI perspective will be the jobs that require mm-hmm. physical work, right? Uh, so if some people working in factories uh, that are still uh, you know, working in maybe automobile factory or maybe working in any kind of factories, uh, their jobs will be replaced the first. Uh, and then yes. eventually it will get to the people who are doing still mid to low level uh, jobs on computers, like, you know, maybe uh, they're doing project management of some sort and what have you. So we'll start to get at the very lower level. And then, and I don't say mean to demean anything, lower level, meaning at the very basic level to who are yep. people working on they're with their hands to do the job. And then it will slowly get to the people who are spending more time on doing basic level stuff on computers. And eventually it will get to the people who are doing more advanced level stuff, like creative stuff. What was very interesting in when the Gen AI launch, uh, ChatGPT was available, OpenAI launch, and many other platforms and tools are now based on this Gen AI concept. It was just very amazing to see it directly targeted these creative jobs uh, and people start because to of, realize we that talked now, automation, they could not create enough. They couldn't yes, predict exactly. enough. Yeah. 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 So that's why it targeted directly the creative aspect of it. So we're not seeing robots. We're not seeing flying cars yet everywhere, no. but we're seeing this amazing generative technology that you and I and everyone can potentially use to transform your work, to take your work to the next level. But at the same time, now you're at some level competing with this technology 
So you'll have to do better than the technology or you have to use the technology to make yourself better. If you cannot be better than technology, then you, you need to start figuring out ways on how you can do the right prompts and commands in these tools so that it can help you make your lives better. Uh, so that's very fascinating to me on how we landed in this uh, era where we have this AI technology that can produce a lot of greatness for all of us to use. It's amazing. So let, let me go back full circle and then we'll kind of end up today because this is this is such a cool topic. You know what, Samir, I think we need to write we need to write like a little book on this one, or we need to write up some real big article because I don't think people realized what happened. Okay, let let me do the quick yeah. summary again. We started with single channel. Everybody was using single channel and it got too cumbersome. So they they try to stitch the channels together and they created omni-channel. Omnichannel was very limited in what it could do. It just saw like one or two channels connected together, like email and website and stuff. And so based on that, they could only do very limited things. So from Omnichannel, we then created attribution. We created attribution mm -hmm. to be able to say, man, attribution is the way, way coolest thing because now we could look at how Omnichannel, certain tools that are connected together and single channels, all were now stitched. And then when our management said, well, tell us which channels are working, we had to talk about attribution to say, well, we have to give credit to this one. We should put more money to this, like marketing, mixed modeling, stuff like that, right? So single channel, omni-channel, attribution. And then from attribution, we we're like, you know what? We need something to automate this because this is way too cumbersome. We cannot do this. It cannot scale. So we created that automation. And automation was awesome, but automation was only as good as what you predicted is only as good as what you set up. Like you set a trap for the people to come in, but it's only as good as your trap. So then from automation, we said, you know what? We have all this data they're collecting. Let's now do machine learning and AI. Let's have a computer tell us what it thinks might happen based on all the data that we have from, from automation and help it let it predict what's going to happen. But the problem is, is that it wasn't personalized. It was generic. And we had to create these generic targeted audience categories to be able to go after people because we had to say all men, all women, all sea levels, you know, stuff like that. It was so terrible when we had to do these broad um, targeting. So then we created personalization. We said, oh, wow, we're going to target real people. But personalization was so difficult because it was so limited. And you also, like automation, you had to predict everything and the automation or the personalization just wasn't there because you had mm -hmm. different family. You could only do personalization with families of tools. So then we said we had all these closed gardens. So rather than closed gardens, let's make it one gigantic garden. So we had this big open garden environment where these different gardens started talking to each other. But then from that, we had all this data and we had these gigantic data dumps. And we were in the, the, the phrase where everybody says data is king. So we had these gigantic data lakes and we built CDPs, but then these CDPs were not smart because we had so much data and we, it was like data paralysis, analysis paralysis, right? So from the CDP, we created real-time personalization. But then, as you just said, real-time personalization could not keep up with the demand of the needs of personalization because we couldn't create content fast enough. So AI targeting content is now the way to save it. Oh, mm -hmm. take a deep breath. That was a lot. So yeah, that's a lot. Oh, that's great. 
it's like the evolution of marketing from the last what 23 years basically 20 years of marketing started the journey in this podcast and again thank you for the listeners to continuing to have your support for us and like i said we're really excited to have a new channel coming soon that we're going to make an announcement and share more details but i think this will leave you with enough content to chew on and start to think about like how fascinating this digital journey has been exactly and we'll see you guys soon and uh look forward to give you some great news on the new channel have a good one guys thanks